Hello and welcome everyone to the Liberty Squadron podcast. My name is Chance Crawford and today I'm joined by Rob Neisler. Hey yo. And Paul Braggins, who Good may evening. or may not make it to the end of this episode. We'll see. I'm I'm edging my bets on not. Alright. We'll we'll hold a memorial service if you don't make it. We we, we got you there. I'll miss you, Paul. We'll miss Your you. aim will improve. <laughs> <laughs> so we have some news about worlds to talk about. Uh, some good and some bad, uh, depending on your perspective. Uh, so the uh, to start, the prizes for worlds at Adepticon have been announced. And um, I hope you like Rebels because they're all phoenix squadron not phoenix squadron rebels the show themed so ezra and sabine and kanan and hera and so on you got pilot cards you've got dial covers you've got tokens and even the template set is rebels themed um i'm not too happy about this because i don't touch i like the rebels show but i don't touch rebels in the game at all what what are what are you to what rob what's your feeling on this say for the record you're not wrong uh it is all phoenix squadron okay technically spec to sell yeah uh i like the effort uh i'm glad that we have a lot of cool stuff i don't play rebels either but i'm also not going to worlds so i don't feel like i should have a big opinion about it i just like the names you put effort into it you can still have an opinion because it's stuff you might see out in the wild. Mm. I think it looks cool. It doesn't doesn't jive with me though. I think it all looks cool except the templates. You know, the the coolest, most important prize there usually is outside of dice. Mm. The t- I actually quite like the templates, to be honest. And hot takes, here they go. I think I generally repaint all of my ships to look different and themed anyway, so the idea of having non-uniform templates does appeal to me. Um, However, if I was going to Worlds, and sadly I'm not, the most thing I'd be most looking forward to are the damage deck and the 8x10 art print of the Spectres. Did they say whether or not that damage deck is mini size or full size it looks full size it also looks I really don't sweet. know i it, don't know i think that's i think that's mini size yeah it really doesn't it really doesn't say mm. bet chance grab me a damage deck <coughs> <laughs> i'll have to find out where i can win the damage deck because they didn't really mention in here uh, where the damage deck will be as far as prizes go. So we'll see what the prize wall looks like with all the side events and everything. Yeah. I'll definitely be playing in some of those. I mean, the charge tokens are pretty cool. See, I have my... The tokens like, are really neat. They're, they're neat, but I have like first order or I have the, the really nice locally made. I don't know if they're locally made, but locally distributed Beskar charge tokens which are the best charge tokens uh those are not locally made no they come from across the pond said it yep (laughs) they're uh louis leong right 
Yes, sir. He's fantastic. If, if I have mispronounced his name, I apologize. He's an amazing person in the British X-Wing community. I haven't had the chance to meet him, which sucks. But yes, he's an amazing person. Yeah, I, I, I love those things. And anything metal, yeah. you know, uh, uh, Altart cards, tokens, whatever. I'm <sighs> The metal tokens weren't great. But that's no. neither here nor there. You mean the official um, ones? <laughs> yeah, the ones that are like thinner than like a penny. Um, Speaking of materials, I uh, it looks like from these pictures that those tokens are made out of cardboard because they are part of the punch. Yep. They really do. So I'm really hoping those aren't just generic pictures of tokens they used. Um, and they're not... Because normally, if I remember right, the world's tokens are usually like the the mirrored ones, I think. I could be I, remembering These are in a picture... With the cardboard punch, with the dials and base mm -hmm. plates. Oh yeah, you're right. Another interesting thing that is pictured uh, in well, that cardboard are tiny little uh, satellite objectives. Yep, this is true. This is true, but it does specifically <clears throat> say can receive a set of acrylic charge shield force and calculate tokens based on spectra cell characters. They specifically state that those are. There's a charge version. force calculate. Yeah, it's interesting. Then maybe it's both. Exactly. That would exactly. be interesting. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah, I mean, damage deck looked good. I'm coming back up to the cards of the pilots, and I'm looking at them. And I'm thinking, I would use one. <laughs> one. Yeah. Is it Hera? Yep. Yeah, yeah. A lot of these pilots yeah. aren't used. They're from like the little sheathed shuttle and the Tie Fighter. And yeah, like if I wanted to fly Sabine, I'd fly Sabine in the A wing. And if you're gonna fly Ezra, you fly Ezra in the Tie Fighter. No, or the you gauntlet. fly Ezra in the Gauntlet. Ah, there's 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 good ways to use him in the Tie Fighter. But regardless, um, and then also just to note for the side events, and we <coughs> both we all I know we all have opinions from these. Uh, they will be giving out a set of full art standard loadout cards for the uh, Rebels and Imperial ships from the Battle of Yavin set. And the art in them is, um... Okay, I guess? The, what upsets me is that the Wedge and Biggs alt art is, I believe, just an extended version of the 2018 System Open Red Squadron cards. Which I don't think they look very wrong. familiar to that, yeah. <clears throat> the, the Dutch Vander art looks brand new. Yeah. Because he's the, the top pilot uh, of the rebellion right now. Yeah. For obvious reasons. The, the, I'm looking at it though. That, just, that one just looks a lot more cartoony than the rest of them. It does seem a little off. Yeah. I like it though. I, I'm a big fan of Y Wings, so. Just wish SL Dutch was a little bit better. And I mean, we uh, we know we all need alt arts of the boys. Yes. Those are going to... We Let's be real. The Vader and boys ones are going to be the ones sought after. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because they if are I was going to Worlds, that's what I'd go after, yeah. They are in literally every Empire list known to man right now, so why not? Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. Um makes the int the uh the the future of standard loadouts very interesting based on what happened with that for that set versus some of the stuff in the uh 
the uh, Siege of Coruscant one. So I'm both mm. excited and nervous at the same time. But that's a different conversation. Yes. Um, also at Worlds, they did give us a very interesting component guideline. Um, now I don't. I know there was one of these for the last Worlds, but I didn't ever plan on doing well enough to make it on stream. <laughs> so I didn't really pay a whole lot of attention to it. Um, but there are some interesting, um, interesting decisions on here, and it begs the question because I don't know if it's confirmed or not if Gold Squadron Podcast is going to be doing the streams for Worlds or. If AMG is going to be doing them, which they, they I mean they've done X-wing streams before on Twitch, so. But I mean, some of the some of the components that you can't use, like you can't use outer rim dice if you're playing on stream, but it's fine for regular play. Uh, what are what are some of the other weird ones we noticed? Um, you can't put Lego minifigs on your ships if you're playing on stream. Yeah, yeah. Some people in the UK I know from my old squadron are very happy about that. Some people aren't because they're literally glued. That's called short-sightedness. <laughs> no offense to people who did that, but... Yeah. It was going to happen eventually. Someone was going to take the fun away. I think the most important one and the one that will appeal to the vast majority of players is the lack of third-party support if you're on stream. If you're streaming those curled Paul templates that look gorgeous, no go. They can't be on camera. Yeah, Those nice, big, uh, oversized stream tokens for the people watching the stream so they can actually kind of see better what decisions the players are making. Nope. <laughs> You've got to you've got to try to strain your eyes to see if that's a focus token. Is that a force token? What is it? It's unfortunate, but it makes sense. Yeah, like I, yeah. I totally. And this is this isn't to note in case anyone out there thinks this is not AMG being particular or picky or anything. This one hundred percent is because this is a Star Wars game owned by Disney, we already know that almost every decision they make about this game has to go through someone at Disney. Mm -hmm. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but there was someone at um, PAX Unplugged from AMG that was taking pictures of certain games, certain games of AMG like X-Wing and Legion and whatnot. Uh, and they took pictures of some people that had painted ships or had, like, custom terrain. That's they, what they were doing. And it turned out they actually weren't allowed to use them. Yes, her name was Anne. She was lovely. Uh, I didn't get Graham and I her. had a great conversation with her. Uh, but she was very forthcoming about a lot of the, the legal things that they can and can't do when they post things publicly. Uh, there was a lot of gorgeous Legion terrain at PAX. Mm -hmm. But any terrain that featured unofficial models, like if there was an A-Wing there but it wasn't an official like Disney A-Wing set from Legion that they, they couldn't take pictures of it and then post it online because that crosses a legal boundary they're not allowed to cross. Like They have to um, be very careful with upsetting the mouse about things like that. Like the Yeager's racer model I use in my resistance list. Right. Yeah, she, she wouldn't be able to post that online. Yep. Yeah, which, again, it's a shame 
but I totally understand due to all the legal mumbo jumbo that comes with that why that's how things have to be um it's just it's just how it is right so again don't be mad at amg if you can't use your lego minifigures mm-hmm. or your custom ships yep or anything like that on that, stream on stream specifically that kind of stuff has kind of always been like that yeah i just don't remember us ever getting a document like this well, specifically I'm, look- I'm looking at the top of the document and it says very very clearly the below standards are not officially approved or endorsed by amg but the event organizers that will enforce the rules and standards that amg expects will use the below guidelines in determining which components will be permitted that's amg holding their hands up and saying hey this was not us yep I- yeah I think that's largely Chris Allen saying, hey, we'll we'll go ahead and do the work of going ahead and going through and what should be allowed and is not allowed because they can recognize a third party template from a core template, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there is it even links to the actual tournament regulations Mm -hmm. uh, for X-Wing, which I believe has the like the component guidelines and whatnot in here. Which, again, because you're only supposed to be able to use official components for the game, yep. which is technically how everything is. Um, which you can normally be a little more lenient about until pictures and videos start becoming yes. <laughs> part of the picture. And then things have to change a little. So I'm still excited for Worlds. I don't think any of the stuff we just talked about should damper anyone's excitement for Worlds whatsoever. Whether you don't like the prizes or you're sad you might not want to bring your little Lego minifigures, which they're cool. I know. I thought about getting Still bring them. You just can't put them on stream. Just bring some spare pegs. If you plan on winning Worlds, don't bring your minifigures. Just just note that. Or... Or have them set up somewhere that the stream can't see them so they can cheer you on as you go to victory. <laughs> Aww. See, there, there you go. There you go. Liberty so. Squadron is the podcast of positivity. Yes. We have the most wholesome of wholesome podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> that is some strong words to use there, Paul. We'll, we'll... Uh, I'm aware. <laughs> I'm going to get it from another podcast later. I can, I'm, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Another podcast? What? I don't know. Chris Daniel's coming for me now. Um, that's yeah. <laughs> friend of the podcast, Chris Daniel. <laughs> yes. Yes. Friend of the podcast. Chris Daniels is now going to potentially, uh, make one of our hosts, uh, disappear. disappear. You never can never trust those New Yorkers. Ouch. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Wow. Sweeping generalization there from Chance Crawford. Never trust him. Never trust him. Unless they're running a We're only 15 anyway. minutes in and we've gone from wholesome to violence. Mm-hmm. See, this is why I said that was a those were strong words. And those <laughs> were fighting words. <laughs> I mean, this is a Philly podcast, right? Um, no one likes us, we don't care. Exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> Um, so talking about worlds, something I've been wanting to talk about a little bit, kind of leading up to it, and this doesn't apply to just worlds, applies to the game in general, but is kind of covering some specific topics about each of the scenarios. 
Now, I know there's been talk about AMG potentially uh, implementing new scenarios into the game, which if they do, I'm hoping we'll hear about after Worlds. Um, I, I imagine they don't want to completely throw everything to, to throw chaos to the wind right before Worlds. Uh, I understand the thought process behind that. But after Worlds, I'm hoping to hear something to kind of mix things up a little bit. Uh, but until then, we have, as everyone that plays the game now, I'm sure knows, has four different scenarios. Assault at the... Is it on or at the satellite array? I always get this wrong. At. Assault at the satellite array. Yes. Salvage mission. Scramble the transmissions. And the most important scenario, chance encounter. I thought it was yeah. chance engagement. I always mess that up, too. It is chance engagement. It's 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 chance encounter. Trust it's chance me. engagement. I'm looking at it now. Uh, it's, it's old documents. No, a chance encounter <laughs> is what happens if you, lucky luck listeners, get to meet Chance Crawford at Worlds. Which I may or may not. If anyone listening to this podcast is going to Worlds, if you do run into me in a game at Worlds and we are playing chance encounter... I may have something for you. Uh, details to come at a later time. If you're if you're in our Discord, you already know what it is. So that's a, a hint that if you're not in the Discord, you should definitely join and join in the fun, uh, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. I know that Rob and Paul do. Yes. The token says chance engagement. It's not finalized. Okay. All right, so let's talk about Assault at the Satellite Array. <laughs> assault at the Satellite Array. Um, so for just to cover the spaces, it's five objectives placed evenly distributed between both players' sides of the board. Staying near range one of an objective gets you a point. So in comparison to some of the other objectives, namely Scramble and Salvage, in my opinion... I think uh, Assault has some of the biggest turn zero, uh, the biggest weight on turn zero comparative to the other scenarios. Um, the Salvage, right, that can kind of change due to crits and knocking things off. Scramble, there's only two, and they're, they're what I like to call sticky objectives that once you claim them, they, you keep them until it flips. Uh -huh. uh, Assault doesn't have that. So planning out your turn zero, as far as both where you place your objectives, where you place your rocks, and then in turn placing your ships so you can have some kind of flight path, more or less, a, a rough idea of a flight path for your ships to make sure you're getting those objective, uh, objective points. Because... Those objective points will literally make or break the game in a scenario like uh, like assault. Um, so we'll start with you, Paul. Do you have any particular setups you like to do with your rocks um, or like with the objectives when playing assault? When I'm playing assault, I hmm, that's an interesting one. Obstacles? No, I'm one of those players who doesn't know how to place obstacles i'll just does put them wherever actually, the hell i want them to what they say? Yeah. no i 
I think there's definitely a strategy with it. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't dare accuse Ollie Parknell of not knowing what they were doing with their obstacles or Crispy or someone of that ilk. Um, but on the other hand, you're then talking about world's contenders, not me. <laughs> what about you, Rob? Do you have any particular uh, strategy when you set up your rocks and your uh, scenario markers, or do you just kind of throw caution to the wind and see how it plays? Are we talking about just obstacles or both? Both. Right now, we're just talking about obstacles and the objective markers. Just turn zero? Okay. Correct. Uh, I do, actually. Um, I forget where I heard it. It was probably on Yaxby, and it might have been Cam Murray. Uh, but ever they had a podcast where they're talking about forming like a triangle, where you kind of form an equal triangle, if possible, depending on where your opponent puts their first or second uh, obst- uh, objective marker. But if you do it just right, you can make three of them in a shape that you can get a medium or large base in and get two or three points at once if you maneuver correctly, which is really helpful. Once I saw that, I was able to visualize flight paths a lot easier because uh, you're right. Assault of the satellite more so than the other objective uh, types requires much more planning. You have to know where you're going to go each turn in order to maximize your points. Uh, as far as obstacles... When the scenarios first came out, people love, and sometimes they still do, uh, people love putting the rock like right in front of the obstacle on the other side, like, ha I got you. But it's a lot easier to put it, instead of directly in front, put it in like easy thoroughfares. Like, I'm going to put it in between these two, so yeah, you have to make a choice. Exactly. And using using the rocks to create lanes that your opponent has to go down if they want to get objectives in turn, can make your opponent's uh, maneuvers more predictable, which you can then try to use to your advantage. Um, One thing I think, especially in... And this really applies to the current meta, which is somewhat higher ship counts right now. I think, for the most part, we can agree that, comparative at least to older non-objective X-Wing, and especially with the latest points adjustment... Um, ship counts have definitely been on the, the higher four five ish side, right? Uh-huh. Um, three Absolutely. ships is pretty, 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 uh, rare where it used to be more or less the norm. Um, more ships, more green dice. Or, more red dice, thank you. Uh, offense is what it's all about. Um, objectives, or sorry. Uh, obstacles can play a really big part into your opponent's setup and and first-turn maneuvers, especially depending on if they have ships that can move fast or boost or not. So if they have a five-ship list that wants to kind of stay together, you can put a corner in each of the rocks. So if they like to do that kind of in-the-corner turn-one bank-in, they now have to calculate for that rock and maneuver around it or place around it. And it can kind of throw things off. And especially for an extremely common meta ship you'll see of the boys, um, they like to stick together, obviously. You place that rock in that corner there, it kind of forces them to either turn hard in along the board edge, your board edge, or go fast down one edge because they use you. The boys usually set up on the edge of one of the edges of the board. They don't really normally set up in the middle, from what I've seen anyway. Partially because of how they like to fly. Um, so using rocks in things like that 
for turn zero, especially for something like satellite, can really affect and kind of mess with your opponent's turn zero placement and then turn like one to two maneuvers, which you can then use to your advantage. Um, the other thing is with, especially with satellite specifically, is big ships, medium and large base ships uh, will definitely throw off. Uh, I know it's happened to me throw you off a little bit with the counting as two ships and also being big enough to hit multiple objectives at once a lot yeah, easier yeah. than a small ship can. Yep. It happens more often than you think. It's really irritating as well. It's extremely irritating when you think you grab that one objective in the corner and then that medium base moves and it's grabbing both like the center and the corner one and yep. denying both of them because it counts as two on both. Yeah. Uh, it's really easy to kind of lose track of that, especially if you're not f used to flying against medium and large base ships. Um, it, ways to fight it to, to play around that. If they have a Blow medium base ship. ship well, obviously, yeah. Number one, kill the medium base. It's probably one of the easier things to kill unless it's unless it's a FET. Yeah. Um, and if if FET, if one of the FETs is having to play objectives, you're probably doing well. Um, <laughs> um, but one of the other things is where where was I going to go with that? Um. I completely. I don't know, chance. We don't have any notes. We're all on our own now. Yep. Listen, we're we're just, for those that don't know, we're winging this episode. It's been a crazy week. Uh, world is creeping up on us, so we got to get this episode out for uh, to help everyone. Whether you're going to worlds or just playing in one of our local tournaments or playing wherever it is you do play, local or not, because um, we do actually have listeners not local, which still surprises me. Um, hello, it out shouldn't. There. It shouldn't. Yeah? You're going to scare them away now, Chance. No, no. Darn it. I'm good at that. Uh, well, hopefully... This is why no one's ever found Bigfoot. <laughs> what anyway. would Bigfoot do in a solid at the satellite array? Uh, Bigfoot would probably thus be a medium or large base, and he'd be really good at claiming multiple objectives mm -hmm. while uh, not getting hit. <laughs> I think Bigfoot would definitely fly a Corellian transport. Um, Bigfoot flies Dash Rendar, and you know it. I see Bigfoot flying robots. Oh, yo, robots don't exist. We don't talk about those. Oh, that's oh uh, yeah, you're right. That's fine. I'm okay the with that anyway. Cold depths of extended hell. <laughs> that's how you bring scum back. You bring the robots back. Anyway, uh. Mm, mm. I still don't think robots would be really good at satellite, but that's neither here nor there. It's three um, medium base ships. Yeah, but it's still just three ships. With three agility each, though. Yeah, I mean, they, they yeah, they do have that going. But there's a reason that the triple robots have never uh, shattered the meta in current X-Wing. Yeah. They're not legal in current X-Wing. That's probably why. <laughs> I think it would Did be tricky robots... to, to balance them. Win a tournament a while back? Like a whole big tournament? Did they? I don't know. We're getting way off track. 
<laughs> um yeah anyway so as far as uh the objective placement goes so i talked about rock placement as far as the objective placement goes um i've personally generally geared my objectives to be i i'm a i tend to be an aggressive player right i i want to shoot things so i tend to put a lot of my objectives more towards my intended flight path toward my opponent because i don't plan on dancing at all i want to engage so if i can hit objectives while also going towards my opponent to engage it's a win-win to me um as far as turn so we talked about the rock placement and the objective placement uh do do either you rob or you paul have any particular setups you do in assault for turn zero as far as where you how or where you place your ships i try and at least make it so that i can grab two maybe three objectives turn two um, while still being in a position where I'm probably not going to get shot. Because Here's losing a... a ship turn two sucks. And I know you've done that multiple times. Yep. <laughs> I did wow. it on stream. On Monday, in fact. Um... <clears throat> now, my question for you on that is, are you able to, are you usually able to achieve that without out any extra repositioning like boosting or slamming or anything like that yes okay the the third objective the one in the middle will generally will, will, will require at least one boost um but that's also generally uh boosted Temin going for it so he's not giving up his action to go for it Mm, and that makes a big difference. That makes yeah, a, that makes a very big difference. And Hammond's um, tanky enough to 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 hit that middle objective and then not just die. Unless your opponent has decided they're going to put everything down the middle, in which case he's screwed. But then they're probably not going for their objectives if they're doing that. So it works exactly. out eventually. And if your opponent's going down the middle, generally with how rock placement even just without specific placement, how it normally plays out, going down the middle can really shoehorn you into a specific flight pattern, especially depending on how many ships you have. Yep. Which you can then take advantage of. I will generally try and put one rock in a position that stops my opponent doing just that. They're going to have to come in for the middle in two different waves. Mm-hmm. Which will mean that... I mean, honestly, at that point, so am I. But it does mean that you then have to decide, am I committing to this course of action or am I going to bail out and come in again from a different point? The exactly. sooner you can force your opponent to make that decision. I don't remember who I heard said it, uh, but the more it's it more it boils down to the more decisions you can make your opponent have to make, the better, because the more decisions they have to make, the higher odds that they're going to make wrong decisions. Um, now that that does apply to you, don't make extra yeah. decisions for yourself in an attempt to make your opponent make more decisions, because that will happen in reverse and you will make mistakes as well. Yes, it's um, a quintessential case of work smarter, not harder. Exactly, exactly. And especially if, and I know I keep relating this to worlds, but it relates to any uh, larger tournament that's, you know, for more so five rounds plus 
once you start getting into that third, fourth, maybe fifth round, you're starting to have to make multiple decisions constantly in a game. The odds of you screwing up planning or bumping something or forgetting about road order, potentially messing up your plan. It just as the rounds go on that that adds up more and more and more. Uh, and it's kind of up to you to take advantage of that, right? Um, it's when you think of playing X-Wing, you normally just think about moving ships, rolling dice, and hoping your dice with your mods end up better than your opponents. But the the mind game aspect of it is actually a very big piece of the game that I think is very commonly and very easily overlooked. Um, you might be tired too. But if you're tired in round five and it's been a hard tournament, your opponent probably is too. Uh, so it's very important to keep in mind. Um, now, one thing with Assault that I think I've personally noticed, I feel like Assault is one of the objectives that has somewhat slower scoring comparatively I don't think it's as slow as Salvage. I think Salvage is actually most commonly one of the lowest scoring uh, game modes. And I don't have I don't have numbers or an Excel sheet here to, to back me up. So this is just my perspective. Um, but I feel like in a lot of my Assault matches, those are more commonly ones that either go to time or the win is more so heavily just based on destruction. Do you guys do you guys feel the same in that regard? Um, I would agree. I think assault requires you to spread your ships out if you're going for objectives, which does make it if your opponent isn't bothering, makes it easier for them to isolate and eliminate ships quickly. Yes, and it's very easy to think that oh, I can just throw this ship out to to grab this objective or something like that, and then like exactly like you just said, end up having it all the way, all out by its lonesome and targeted by a majority of your opponent's list. And now that ship's gone. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of the same way. And we'll talk about it in another podcast, but kind of the same way with salvage yeah. where you throw a ship out to pick up a crate and then you accidentally kind of leave it out there on its all by its lonesome and it can come back to bite you. The difference in assault is unless you're spending an action to reposition to get to an objective, um, you still have actions for focusing or, or other defensive actions to try to keep objectives, which you lose in salvage when you're trying to claim mm -hmm. them. Um, and that's something to, to definitely keep in mind. Uh, now, one other thing to note, and I, I can never remember the exact math of this, so I'm hoping one of you two can. So sometimes it can be kind of tricky, right, to tell if you're exactly in that range one band of an objective. Do either you two remember what the math is for base lengths to range one? Uh... This is why when uh, when you record a podcast, you have show notes. You have show notes. Um... Hey, I want to say range one is one and a half, maybe two base lengths long. This is for what, a medium ship. Yeah, that's for a medium ship. I yeah, for small, I think it's three. It's either three or two and a half. Mm. Um, I don't have my stuff to hand, otherwise I'd actually be digging stuff out and checking it right now. <laughs> 
Oh, oh I have wait, a base. On. I don't have a range one ruler next to me. Hang on a minute. This this uh, podcast is recorded in front of a live studio audience. Uh, yeah, right. No one. I had. Oh, bugger! Where did I put this? Anyway, it occurs to me I have spare range rulers somewhere. I just don't know where I put them. <laughs> I think we all have spare range rulers. I don't mm-hmm. know where half of mine are. Nope. I should probably give some of those away. <laughs> mm. uh, come to local tournaments. It's uh, Come to local tournaments. Stuff. We have all of the stuff and no idea what to do with any of it. Which is actually actively true for uh, an upcoming tournament that I, Mr. Uh, Rob here is running. Uh, it's two and a half. Two and a half. Bam. There we go. You heard, it here, you heard it here first, folks. So yeah, so the range one band is two and a half base lengths. So if your ship is roughly, you think, might be within range one of an objective, <coughs> you can kind of use your base to attempt to visualize if it's within two and a half base lengths of an objective to know if you might need to waste your action on a reposition, or you might not. Um, and sometimes that one action, that focus token, can be a deciding factor on if a ship lives either defensively or offensively. Uh, so just one more little trick you can have in your uh, in your tool bag. Um, the other trick, and uh, I heard this from a certain uh, gritty individual, um, a ship base, small base, is about the same size as a dial. So you can kind of use the dial as a makeshift measuring tool to help kind of gauge it a little bit. That sounds insane. Um, <laughs> I've done crazier things. That also sounds like against the spirit of the game. No, I just mean in your hand. Chances you cheating, dial- you have your dial in your hand and you can kind of use chance it places visual. his dial just slightly ahead of his ship. Listen, you got it. Those range ones are important. Sometimes you're giving them. Listen, listen, I've only, I've only won one tournament. I don't want to get called out like this. <laughs> Clearly. Cause you're not putting your dials on the right spot to pre-mark your movements. Yep. See, I mean, Exactly. I'm not doing it. I've I've only won once, and I won thanks to uh, to to a little bit of luck and the boys, uh, those the good old boys. Uh, I'll get those alt arts. I'm, I'm I'm gonna get a set. Um, which actually I might finally get to try droid soccer because I haven't tried it yet, and that's gonna be at Worlds. Have, have did that's you crazy because. I own Droid Soccer and have been getting people in Showcase to play it with me. Sometimes uh, along with their will and sometimes against their will. I can't make Showcase anymore, unfortunately, due to work and the wonderful traffic here in the uh, greater Philadelphia area around rush hour. Uh, I would love to, but it's just not in the cards. But I, well, I hope you like there. Droid Soccer, but... You'll probably hate it. You know me oh so well, Rob. You know me oh so Do you know the number so one reason well. you're going to hate droid soccer? What is that? You can't permanently kill ships. Wait, what? Oh, yeah. Ships respawn infinitely in droid soccer. You can only win the game by scoring balls. 
You don't score any points by killing ships? Zero. What is this? This is like the opposite of chance engagement. It is the exact opposite of chance engagement. It is objective only. Kind of like Marvel Crisis Protocol. Had to get at least one in there. Every every episode. Every single episode. <laughs> do you, do, are you going to switch to mentioning uh, Shatterpoint every episode once that comes out? Oh, you know it. I do. I, I have to I'm fight to not talk about Shatterpoint every time we do an episode now. <laughs> the squad building looks sweet. Anyway. Ironically, I might be the I will be the only person on this podcast that will get to try Shatterpoint. Yeah. Uh, just rub it in. I'll be thinking of you, Rob, while I while I play the game that I'll never play again because I hate painting. I will paint your minis for you. Uh, I told Brett that every time he moves a Bo-Katan at Worlds to think of me. <laughs> I will I will do the same in your honor, though I Thank probably you. won't be using Bo-Katan if I'm being perfectly blunt. That's fair. Every time you shoot a Bo-Katan, think of me. I can do that. I, I can. Every time I hit her with a lightsaber or shooter, I, I can think of you, Rob. But uh, on that note, uh, as far as assault goes, don't necessarily hedge your bets on the objectives, I think is one of the things. The objectives are still important. You can't completely not play them. Um, but because it's easier for your opponent to deny you points, unlike potentially in some of the other scenarios... Uh, I find leaning all the way in on objectives in assault can sometimes come back to bite you. Don't forget, it's still a game about blowing up other ships. Um, and that applies to all of the scenarios, but I feel like it applies to assault in my in my case more so than others. Um, you have to just think a little bit harder when setting up your jousting lanes to be a little bit closer to the objective, so you score extra points. <laughs> I mean, if you do the, the joust zone, you can at least get two objectives in there. Possibly even three. The board. Hmm? Possibly even three. If you do it just right, I think you mm -hmm. can. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I don't like being the, having to be that precise with my objectives. Um, that's just because I want to blow up ships. Uh, there's a reason there's a game mode named after me that, uh, that I'm a fan of. That's right, you heard it here. It's named after me. I don't care what you say. Um, <laughs> so, they had a lot of options. That's the one they went with. They, they went with the best option. They they took a chance. Thank you, folks. I'm, I'm here all week. You will hear one of these <laughs> every episode. <laughs> hey, you, you two keep coming back. So um, I'll stop making references to Shatterpoint and MCP when you stop making chance puns. Bet. Bet. <laughs> so, as far as upcoming events, Rob, uh, do you want to tell us some details about your uh, your showcase tournament coming up? Because I am particularly excited about it. I'm getting more excited by the day. Uh, the numbers are going up. This will be by far the biggest tournament that we've had, if even half the people show up. Uh, we're currently at 18 players. Uh, it's a rated tournament which means that the scores actually go into effect on long shanks. They keep like track of your record. 
So this is going to be a more serious tournament geared towards world preparation. I'm expect expecting people to bring a lot of medalists, uh, take it real seriously. We've got a lot of prize support to give out. Uh, I do have a Louis Leon prize kit. I will have some of those Beskar metal charge tokens up. Uh, I've got dice from the 2019 hyperspace, the Smokies. I will have dice. World's Championship won't, but I will. Uh, I also have a bunch of Mandalorian Altars and a bunch of other stuff to give out. Very exciting times. Uh, probably going to be three rounds, unless people ask me for four. Um, pretty easy to convince. If this tournament keeps growing, we might have to do four. We might not have an option. Uh, we're, we're getting to four, Rob. I told you. We're getting to four. Every We're, we're hitting the player cap for this tournament. It's capped for 32 purely due to size constraints we're hitting that 32 rob okay if we hit that 32 i will bring extra prize support just to note i'll have to Ooh. see what i can bring i don't know what i have but i'm sure i can find something that will Say, entice people andrew has thrown down a gauntlet it says we, if we get 20 people or more then he will bring acrylic prize support of his own you heard that potentially right funded here. by Brett. We, if we hit 20 people, Andrew will bring acrylic prize support. If we can hit over 20, I will find prize support to bring from my personal stash of X-Wing goodies that I have stowed away. Um, and you can you can mark my words on that one. So let's get this tournament big. Whether you're going to Worlds or not, this is going to be an awesome tournament at a great store with great people and some good old-fashioned X-Wing, which I don't think anyone can complain about. Um, nope. And I also, I need to play more X-Wing because I, I got knocked down on the Longshanks leaderboard because uh, I haven't gotten to play in a minute and it's actively eating at me, which is kind of sad, but also kind of not. Um, I need to retake. I was number one for a bit. And then thanks to, I, I'm assuming a combination of online tournaments and whatnot, I'm now down to eight mm. in North America. I also I, I don't think the that. ECG tournaments are rated, are they? I don't actually know. No, the, uh, the Jeff Party Dragon was unrated. New Year New Pilots was unrated. Ah, oh, the new one is unrated. I'm going to have to have a conversation. Yeah, we need to bully Mike into rating them. Maybe Mike's like me, and he only considers some of them worthy to be rated. Not all my tournaments are rated. Uh, this might be my last one. After this, I might uh, ride off into the sunset. I don't think I can peak after this one. <laughs> is, that, is that the reason why? Yeah, just go off on a high note. Nah, nah, too. see, we got it. Once we hit 32, that just means we have to expand. You're going to get. Mike Clark to expand the store to allow for more X-Wing players, okay? Listen, I, you know, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what we can do. You know, I'll show up early. I'll move some tables. All right. I have a hatchback. I can bring some supplies. Gonna start just putting plywood on the, uh, the bargain comic bin and just play over there, too. <laughs> I'm sure we can figure... I'm sure we can figure something out, right? Hey, listen... There's the rumors going around that after Worlds, AMG will officially, because we've gotten little peaks and leaks and maybe real rumors about OP for 2023 and onward. 
Store champs coming back, right? We got to pump these numbers up because if we can get 32 people for just a standard X-Wing event, how many do you think we can get for a store champ? A very Probably 32 because that's all we can fit. We already had point. this discussion, Rob. We'll, we'll fit more than 32. Okay, we'll have a tables outside. Away. Hmm? We'll have tables outside. It'll be summer. Yes. Not Let's a terrible hope. idea. X-Wing outside. Oh, I was going to say X-Wing outside with beers, but then that's like public consumption, and that's not legal in Pennsylvania. Nope. So that might not be the best idea. Mm -hmm. So we do it at top deck. It's not legal in New Jersey either. All right, I give up. Hmm. We'll figure something out. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that that's going to be a great tournament to uh, to go to. I want everyone that can make that tournament to sign up on Longshanks. I am going to post a link to the event, the Longshanks link in the uh, in the podcast notes, so that no one has an excuse for not signing up on time as well. <laughs> um, and yeah, let's have a good day of X-Wing. Uh, due to when this is recording, I actually am playing in a tournament tomorrow with my my first order list that I've barely gotten to test. So we'll see uh, we'll see how that goes. I, I need to nail down what I'm flying for Worlds, hopefully sooner than later. <laughs> Does your first order list have Scorch and Bigger Scorch? It does have the Bean Bros. Ah, uh, then you're in. Uh, small aside, but related. I've actually fallen back in love with FO. I've been playing them for the last two or three weeks. It's It's been divine. Oh, dear. Oh, dear, oh, dear. That that warms my cold, cold heart to hear, Rob. Kylo, three FOs, and an SF. I'm in there. <laughs> uh, Silencer Kylo? Silencer Kylo. I still haven't flown the Whisper, and I'm not sure I want to. Ah, uh, it's worth to fly at least once or twice just to Agreed. say you've done it. Yeah. But it's not my kind. Of, it, it doesn't click in my brain. It has who, all the actions, but none of the ones I want. Who doesn't love instinctive aiming a concussion missile backwards? That is good. That is good. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm on my FOSF and maybe a silencer swarm. My my my. It, it's the, the FOs are just so good right now. It's and so I gotta, efficient. I gotta, I gotta get all my play out of them until uh, again, uh, FO gets nerfed because anytime we get a good toy, uh, it gets taken away. Uh, rip as the, it should uh, first order bombers. Mm. <laughs> Wait, what happened to the first order bomber? Uh, crispy made a really good list and then they got whacked with a nerf bat. Yeah, I know. I played him again. I played against him with it. Um, we're not. You, we're talking about the double bomber one, not the not the uh, whirlwind and uh, midnight one. Okay. Yeah the the old the one that had all of the um, chaff clouds. Yeah, the crispy whack a mole list. Yeah. Yeah. So the double chaff clouds with double prox mines. Yep. You can't do that anymore. <laughs> Probably for the best. It probably is because those prox mines on those tie bombers were nasty that would explain the, when that would explain the list he was flying against me on hex out on monday would you uh, mind talk saying what the list was um defender vader oh suntir fell and oh. duchess suntir oh. fell yeah suntir fell did literally nothing all game 
that no, nearly nothing. I feel like in that game, you just kill Duchess and then Soontier. That ideally, yes. I was within two hit points, one on Vader, one on Duchess, from winning the game. But the way the game actually went was I got my ass kicked. <laughs> yeah, Defender Up Vader has down the habit the of doing board. that. He lived on one hull. Yeah. One hull. Ugh. Ugh. Well, you, you win some, you lose some, right? Very much so. So. Uh, Rob, do you, do you, are you going to keep flying that first order list, or do you have something else you're going to try? I tried a resistance list uh, a couple days ago. It was okay. I'm probably going back to FO. <laughs> we welcome oh, you dear. back with open arms. Oh dear, oh dear. You're now outnumbered, Paul. Now it's the, the tables have finally turned in my favor, where it's two first order players and one resistance player, instead of the other way around. It's okay, I'll keep waffling back and forth. I like both. Yeah, I know. Let me have this at least for a little bit. No. All right. First Order podcast. You heard it here. I've always been a First Order player. So here's here's my thought. Chance isn't allowed to have anything right up until the point where Proton Torpedoes make it on the ban list, and he can have that for a month. Fun fact, my FO list has Proton Torpedoes. (laughs) And suddenly, Chance doesn't like it anymore. I mean, I've flown Kylo with Proton Torpedoes before, like, one tournament. Malice and Proton is just such a nice... Oh, so good. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Instinctive aim is where it's at. So, on that note, though, of uh, First Order dominating all systems as all systems will bow to the First Order players... Oh god. Uh, I'm gonna actually cry real tears if First Order wins worlds, because then they're gonna get super nerfed. So there'll be tears of happiness and sadness at the same time. Um do we have any other events upcoming outside of your event, Rob? I believe Mike Bird has an ECG tournament at the end of March. Yes, I believe it's it's kind of the tournament for people that aren't going to Worlds because it takes place right. that weekend. Yep. Uh, so I imagine knowing knowing Mike and knowing ECG, they'll probably have whoever's streaming up on the the TVs at ECG while they're playing, um, which will be neat. Um, I don't plan on being on stream if I don't have to. <laughs> um, so we'll see how that goes. This is assuming I make it to anywhere where I'll be on stream anyway. So who knows? I gotta, I gotta make it through the uh, the chance qualifier. Well, they're gonna be streaming that as well, aren't they? Maybe I. They really do so. love naming stuff after you, don't they? They really do. Yeah. There's a there's game an mode. There's a tournament. Yep. Yeah. AMG, hit me up. Like you know, work something out. But uh, I, b- I believe as well that there may be an upcoming uh, tournament at uh, Red Seal Gaming as well, though I think the date on that is still up in the air, especially since uh, I, at least a couple of the people that normally organize the tournaments there are going to Worlds. So, cause, so we'll see how that pans out, but definitely keep an eye open. I say it every time, Red Seal, also another awesome store with awesome people so worth making it out to if you can 
Uh, but on that note, I think we'll call it a night. So everyone have a have a good night. Play some X-Wing, roll some dice uh, and grit good. So good night. Good night, everybody. Good night.